This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. In the last couple of days, probably the last week or more, I have been doing more counseling than I have done in quite some time at a steady pace. And when when I knew that we were going to be getting back in the Psalms, an autumn breeze in the Psalms, I knew as the Lord would bring these messages forth that this would not be a series of Bible-thumping, moonwalking type of sermons. I, I knew this would be a time where I could just gather everybody up and have a collective counseling session. And I believe that the sermons in this series, because there's more teaching, and that's what I, I don't want this to turn into anything else other than some good counseling teaching. And I believe that what we're going to be talking about today will help everybody in here. And so, give an ear, maybe have something to write with, uh, and just, just let the truth of God's Word speak to your hearts. And so, from all of that, I'd like for you to turn with me this morning to Psalms chapter 71. <clears throat> and they will get these scriptures on the screen for you here in a moment. And we're talking about today when disruptions, disruptions cloud our view, or uh, in other words, uh, when, when we're dealing with things in our life that we have absolutely no control over, and uh, we, we come to our, our wit's end, and we struggle in our faith. And so I want you to think about this, because when we talk about disruptions, disruptions, the thing that I want to stress in the beginning of the message, the teaching today is this, that keep in mind that God himself knows what a disruption is. He, God, God knows what it's like to deal with those kinds of issues just like we do. Think about it. Everything was going good in heaven. Until Satan, Lucifer, said, I'm going to exalt my throne above your throne. That was a disruption. And God seriously dealt with it. One of the hardest things about disruptions in our lives is this. None of us are ever ready for them. We're not poised for that. But they happen. In real time, in real life. And so, having said all of that, I'd like to, if we could, just pull our hearts up to the table here as we all come into this counseling teaching session this morning and let the Word of God speak to us because I believe that all of our lives in some way or another are affected by unexpected disruptions. And I want to begin in Psalm 71, and I'm going to read some verses. I will uh, call them out. They're listed for you uh, here in today's bulletin. But let's, let's read this together. And the word says this in verse 1 of chapter 71. In thee, O Lord, 
do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I continually, or I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. In verse 5, for thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. And in verse 7, I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. In verse 9, cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. And in verse 18, now also when I am old, and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is come. I don't really know how many times as a Christian that I personally have found myself in such exhausting, overwhelming circumstances where the only thing that I wanted was to simply be held in the loving arms of our Heavenly Father. I'm talking about where I just wanted to stop. Stop doing. and Stop fighting and, and stop wrestling and stop making decisions and stopping all of the things that are so necessary in my life where I, I just simply wanted to stop all of that. Where I just simply wanted to rest and do nothing but to trust in God to be my fortress and my strong tower, my rock, my shield, and just let Him work. Just, I just wanted to rest. And I think many of you, most of you in here today are familiar with that beautiful poem entitled Footprints in the Sand, and probably most of you probably have it in your home somewhere. But I wonder how many times have you ever wanted to be the person in that picture that was being carried by the merciful, long-suffering, tender, compassionate arms of Jesus. That's all you wanted was to be carried. Because you were going through something in your life that was so overwhelming, exhausting, and you had been there for a time. And nothing seemed to be getting any better. And all of your ideas and all of your efforts and your frustrations and all of that just seemed to be going nowhere. And, and you were, you were done. You were exhausted. And you felt like you couldn't do it anymore. You were overwhelmed. I have found in my life in those times that I have experienced that. That the best way for me to deal with that was to reach for my Bible. Now, I know that there are exhausting times in your life you don't feel like reading your Bible. You don't feel like praying. You don't feel like trusting. You don't feel like doing anything. Just letting God have it. Letting God work. If we're not careful, we have to be observant because uh, the devil does come and bring strong delusions to us 
in our moments of weakness. He knows where we're vulnerable. But somebody might say, well, pastor, just saying to us today, reach for your Bible, that seems so shallow. But here's the spiritual truth that I want you to get out of that. Because when you reach for your Bible, God is reaching back to you. When we pray, we talk to God. But when we read our Bible, he talks to us. And he said this, if you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. And so I want to give you the story here. I think it's incredibly important to know the background many times of the scriptures that we talk about. I think background and and dealing with these issues are extremely important. And I want to take a moment to do that today because in Psalm 71, David is desperately wanting to be held. He's definitely wanting to be that person in the footprints of the sand. He's definitely wanting to be carried by God. He's definitely wanting to be just simply loved on and and for God to show up and do something incredibly amazing. He's at that place. He's very despondent. He's, he's weak in all areas of his life. Disruptions are everywhere. Storms are swelling all around him. And so the thing that he does, he reaches for his pen and under divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes these words. And if you look close enough, David has really given us a sequel to Psalm 70. I don't have time to read that today, but if you go home this afternoon and you want to put Psalm 70 together with what we're talking about, I believe it will be a blessing to you. But here's the background in Psalm 71. David is going through political turmoil. He's going through political issues in his kingdom. He's going through family issues. And this is where I want everybody to perk up and pay attention because I believe this hits home for many of us today. He's not only going through political issues, but he's dealing with family issues. He's also dealing with personal, heartbroken sorrows within himself. So everywhere he turned, he was exhausted. He was done. And at this particular point in his life, it had been quite some time since the last time he saw the sun shining down on his life. It had been a very long time since he had felt peace and that he had been refreshed in other places of his life. The fog of living was just too thick for him here. The minister of discouragement showed up and began to take advantage of those vulnerable moments. And, and let me ask the question, have you ever felt like that yourself? I, I don't believe I'm the only one in here that's ever been that way. I think a lot of us, if we're going to be honest, have. And I mean, there have been times in, in our lives when we have felt as though that it was simply a total continual eclipse where there was no light penetrating through at all, where things just seemed to be dark and bleak and pulling us further out in misery like a riptide farther and farther into peril or into question. Let me ask you this. How many times have you ever said or asked to yourself, if it's not one thing, it's another? And, and you felt like that for every good step you took, there was something happening in your life that just pulled you back 10. And you, and you did everything you could to, to get ahead. And then you found yourself going back. I'm talking about being totally overwhelmed, exhausted, burnout, 
done. I don't believe I'm the only one in here that's experienced those kind of things. And then on top of that, not only the situation, but it just kept happening. Like a broken record. It just kept playing the same thing over and over again. And you found yourself in that type of a situation. Well, let me assure you that if we're all going to be honest today, there's not one person in here that's ever been alone in that, in that situation. And if it's any consolation to you, please bear my witness today. I have been there many times. You're saying at my age, preacher, things should be all worked out by now. I, I thought, I really thought that when my kids grew up and flew the nest, that my worries and trials and troubles with them were all over. You know, and I know that's not true. Our, our, our troubles and our trials will never fade away. We'll always have them to some degree or another. This is the place where David was in his life, and David was going through a painful process where one of his sons, Adoniah, he was trying to take David's authority away from him as the king. His own son was doing that. I don't know if there's anything more heartbreaking for a parent to see their children rebelling against the will of God, whether it be in the area of salvation or whether it be in the area of total surrender or discipleship, but that's a painful thing. That's the place where David was. David was directed by God, if you remember correctly, to make Solomon the king. Adonai, he, he, he could care less about what God wanted and how David was trying to please him. So that in itself created some of the family issues as well as political issues, the turmoil that was going on all around him. David was nearing the end of his life at this point and quite elderly. And we have to remember this, that under his leadership, he brought the nation of Israel back to its greatest peak of power and stability. But it was not without constant struggle and turmoil. Then on top of that son trying to take his political authority away, if you remember another one of David's sons, Absalom, he tried to take the throne from David. Uh, by the way, that ended up with Absalom's death and the division of unity among the people, and it was a royal mess at that point. So David's aging heart was so burdened with grief that everything was so terribly dark and overwhelming around him. And in this disruption, he just could not see how things could get any better because it was continually going south. He was weary. He was overwhelmed. And in this setting, that's when he writes these words while he was suffering to the core of his being. Here was a mighty man of God that had been used in great, wonderful ways. Sure, he had his setbacks. He had many victories. He made many mistakes. He let himself go into terrible sins. He plummeted into sin, but we cannot forget this. And this is the thing that I want everybody to remember today, because none of us are without sin. All 
the scripture says, for all have sinned. But I'm so thankful that God is the God of second chances. Where would any of us be today without one? You think about the story of Jonah. The Bible says the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Think about Samson. He had let himself go in such a deplorable way that God had taken his his beauty, his glory, his might, his strength away. And there he stands with his eyes gorged out, pus running down his cheeks. But in that final moment of his life, he said, oh God, just one more time. Let me feel your power, your presence one more time. He told that little boy, take me to the pillars that hold this place up. That little boy put his hands on the pillars and I can just see him standing there with his lips quivering. His eyes gorged out, that pus just running out. His trembling hands saying, oh God, just one more time. Did God not answer his prayer? You see, God is the God of second chances. Think about Peter. After the denial, here are the keys of my kingdom, feed my sheep. You think about this. So in the end, David did get his life right. And he really became, as the scripture says, a man after God's own heart. And he was now, I believe, at the closest point of his life at this point that he has ever been with God. And now he's old. He's tired. He's overwhelmed. He's done all that he could do, and he just wants to be held right now. And so if you study the life of David in his latter years, he, he served God faithfully. He was pushing with a passion to hear the words, well done. There's no doubt in my mind. And so that would be my prayer for you. So that's the background of Psalms 71. Now, perhaps today you have felt something like this in the different intervals of your life, in the different seasons of your life. Maybe you're going through that right now. I'm overwhelmed. I'm burned out. I'm done. And God is, is wanting to do something in your life. Sometimes we have to be in those places for, for the light to break forth. But that, listen carefully, that just seems like there are so many opportunities for us when we get into these places for God to work, perhaps like he's never worked before in our life. But listen carefully to this, whether you're in that position now, whether you're just coming out of that season or whether you feel like it's a random thing, whether you feel like it's, it happens over and over again in your life, for the most part, keep this in mind, trials and disruptions are a serious reality in the life of a believer. And even if you lived a life like David did and have all of these problems, listen, even if you lived like Elijah, if you lived like Moses, if you lived like John the Baptist, you're going to have troubles and trials, and there is no place on this earth where you can go where you're not going to have them. They're always going to be there. Some Christians have the idea that because they do know the Lord, because they are saved, that they are exempt from anything like this. But I want you to listen carefully. None of us as Christians have the immunity 
of any kinds of these pains and sufferings, interruptions and disruptions, because they can come at any moment. They can come at us on the blind side relentlessly without mercy, and they do and they will. It doesn't matter if you are a new convert or if you have been a seasoned Christian for years. We have to constantly remind ourselves that we are all imperfect human beings who are living in a sin-cursed fallen world. And we're living among a sin-cursed people as well. We have to keep that in mind. We have to realize that when our storms, our disruptions come into our life, our troubles, our trials, that it's this is what's going to happen. It's going to definitely affect our perception of things. Realities will become distorted. And then we'll be imagining things that don't even exist. And fretting and worrying about all of those. And you'll be tempted in those moments to take your eyes completely off of the Lord and put them on the peril, the disruption, the storm that in reality is taking place or the imaginary things that you have allowed yourself to visualize in your heart. When David is writing these words, he's not writing as a novice. Keep that in mind. His pen is moving from a first-hand experience. A lot of his troubles and trials he had no control over, but many of them he did. And he brought some of these things upon his own self. So there are many storms and disruptions that can overwhelm your life when you are physically broken, emotionally overwhelmed, and you're at your wit's end. I've jotted some things down here, and I want to go through them real quickly here. Number one, I want you to remember this, and we're coming together as a counseling session today. I want to help you. I pray that the Word of God will help you, build you up in the faith. Your disruption can come your way because of ungodly people that come against you. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. In Psalm 71, verse 4, the word says, Deliver me, O God, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. Now, David had some unruly people who were causing him some serious anxieties in his life. But I want you to notice this word cruel here that he uses. He is saying that these people were not only wicked people, evil people, but uh, they were afflicting him with brutalities, cruelness. The truth of the matter is, and I believe somebody in here today, or maybe somebody that's listening today, some of us, maybe all of us, we have to live our lives in seasons because Somebody around us has turned our lives upside down and they are pushing unchristian-like behavior upon us and it's affecting us, what we think, what we do, what we say. And you may be going through that right now where, where you feel like that because of that, your joy has become paralyzed or you have a wounded spirit. But I assure you that As a believer, if those kind of things are happening in your life in God's time and due season, he will deal with that. But what what I'd like to encourage you to do, what I'd like to counsel you to do when you get to that part is to turn these things over to God. God will deal with it in his plan and his purpose for you. And my advice in this counseling session is this. If your life is affected in a negative way by ungodly people, 
Here, class, here's the thing. Don't retaliate against them. That makes you like them. And we need to be light and darkness. We need to be salt and light. Don't act like them. God, listen, God will take care of it. He will vindicate it in his time. Turn it over to the Lord. The word says this in Hebrews 10.30, For we know him that he hath said, Vengeance belongeth to me. Unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord again, the Lord shall judge his people. And so God can deal with the unruly people in your life that might be causing you sleepless nights and causing you to shed many tears. But God is true to his word. He will do that. Number two, storms and disruptions can come into your life because of an unknown future. If we allow it, an unknown future will overwhelm us with worry. And by the way, most of the things we worry about never come to pass anyway. But worry, worry is a tool of the devil. It's not a gift of the Holy Spirit. And so in Philippians 4 verse 6, the word says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Paul said, don't worry. In Psalm 71 verse 9, the word says, Cast me not often in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. I remember when my dad was passing. He was still in the hospital. Danny and I were there. and When it was evident that nothing else could be done for him, I remember the nurse coming up to me beside his bedside and saying to me, your dad's going to pass. He's not going to make this. And you might want to ask him, does he want to pass it here or does he want to pass it home? And I will tell you with all the emotions that I was overwhelmed with, being confronted with some kind of thing where I had to go to my dad and ask him that. But I stood beside his bed and I looked into his eyes I never saw him scared. I never saw him worried. In fact, one of these days I might even play it for you, the video, while he was in the hospital. And he began to quote John 3.16 and 17 and 18. But I walked to his bedside and I said, Dad, I said, you're going home. Did you want to go home from here? Do you want to go home from home? He said, I'd like to go home. I said, you're home home? He said, yes. I said, Dad, I want you to understand. And his moments were precious and few. With clarity, I said, Dad, I want you to know. We can take you home. Home. But you're going home. He had no fear. He had no worry. He had no emotional breakdown. He he was ready. But sometimes I have been with people that were going through news like that and their lives were turned upside down. I will tell you this. And, And Brother Richard said it so well right before he died. He said, preacher, he said, I'm going. He said, the doctor's already told me there's nothing I can do. But he said, I'm a winner either way. Because I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. And he says, I know whom I have believed. David now, he's, 
He's in this part of the story and he's telling us, he's giving us some good advice here when it comes to worry. David's first obstacle was he was dealing with a group of people, but now the storm here, he this, it, it had no face. It didn't have an army, no words. He was concerned. He was worried about aging. And by the way, the older we get, the greater possibility is we're all going to start breaking down to some degree. Things are going to begin to slowly happen to us that changes our lives forever. David looked at the aging part of his life as a crisis that he was going through. Danny just celebrated his birthday last week, and he said something to me that I'd never heard anybody say before, and I'm going to remember it. You remember this. I said, happy birthday, Danny. He said, yeah, I'm running out of them. Stop and think about that. I don't know if that was original or something he picked up, but listen, the older we get, the birthdays, we're running out of them. But as a Christian, you don't have to be overwhelmed with worry. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So keep your minds on that. Number three, quickly, class. In our, in our session today, sometimes disruptions or storms can blow in by our own family members. And boy, that does take us hard. It takes us down really quick here. In Psalm 71, verse 10 through 13, For my enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, O God, hath forsaken him, persecute him and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and be consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. Now, I think with a group this size, I think we have all encountered times when these kind of disruptions where you have faced or maybe perhaps you're facing them right now, you're dealing with it, that are direct results of some people, some agitating people in your family. You, you might say, well, preacher, yeah, you, you're right about that. There, there are some people in my family that I'm dealing with. They live like hellions. They're trying to disrupt my life. They're trying to make my life difficult. They do make my life difficult. And, and I'm having a personal struggle with that. But believe me, in every family, there's somebody like that. Can I have a witness? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And so why are these people coming against David? The adversaries that David was speaking about, I remind you, they're not Philistines. They're not the Amalekites. They're not the Perizzites. There are people within his own circle. And among them, two of them were, were his own sons. So think about this. Sometimes the deepest wounds in our life are created from the people who are closest to us. Don't forget that, class. And, and when that happens, there's, there's almost no wounds that are as painful as that. The wounds by and caused by people whom we love and thought we could trust and somehow, in the blink of an eye, turn against you, and they will do it. 
Let me give you, let me rehearse this now real quick. I've got to be quick. Four, and you've got four blanks on your bulletin there, I believe. And write these down again to refresh your memory. There are things that come against you that could be in the way of public enemies, or they could be friends, or they could be family members, or it could come about from your own personal aging. And that's all going to happen. It's all going to happen to us as a believer. As a Christian, none of those things are protected. Those things will hit us hard. But let this penetrate your heart. I believe there's special lessons that we can learn as parents and as children. And one of the most important things that I could counsel you with today is this, that a lot of what we can learn from our troubles and our trials, our overwhelmingness, when we're done, when we're burned out, when we, we're, we've just had enough of it. Listen, a lot of important things for us to learn sometimes cannot be learned from a textbook. Most of what can help us in those kind of situations is learned from burned fingers and skinned knees, so to speak. We, we've got to experience those things. And sometimes as parents, when it's time for practical lessons to be learned in our families, especially with our children, it's a painful process for us to watch them go through that. As loving parents, how many times have we found ourselves pacing the floor and praying intently as we watch our children go through some horrible, anguishing things? Maybe things that they had no control over and maybe things brought into their life by their own foolishness we know that this experience has the possibilities through God's great grace to make them stronger and much more wiser. But what we remain close by and hurt with them is the fact that we have to watch them go through it. And so I want you to understand this. <clears throat> Sometimes God allows these clouds, these storms to swell our lives for the purpose of making us stronger and better children in his precious family. God doesn't allow these things to come into our life to make us chronic complainers. But sometimes that's what happens. When storms, disruptions come into your life and you wonder where is God, let me remind you, he is where he's always been, on his throne. Always remember that the character of God has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us and he will not go against his word. Now, when David here in this chapter was experiencing the very worst that life could dish out to him, I want you to notice what he said in this vulnerable moment. He said in Psalm 71, verse 1, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust? Let me never be put to confusion. And number four, quickly, let me ask my musicians to come forward. I want to close by this. Let me encourage you that when, when you feel done and burned out and wasted and expired and, and you feel like you, <clears throat> you, you just can't make another mile, you just want God to carry you, it's okay. Let him do that. But let him carry you. Some, sometimes, you know, we have, have you ever seen the explanation of a person who was being trained as a lifeguard, and they say this, that when a person you see is drowning, having a bad experience, 
Don't approach them from the front. Approach them from the back and tell them to be still. Quit fighting. Let you do the work. Lifeguards are trained in those things. Sometimes we're living in the mess of our lives or the disruptions in our lives and the storms of our lives and we're dog paddling, we're smacking the waters. We tried this, we tried that, we've called this person, we've read this book, we've listened to this tape, we've done all this stuff. And God is just saying, be still. Let me have this. Relax. Chill. When we're getting ourselves into those positions with the Lord, and he does have the opportunity to work that in our life, remember, it's pretty much what David did. David remembers in this distress, in Psalm 71, verse 8, he said, let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. David, David knew that he was, that God was El Shaddai, Elohim. He was Jehovah God. He was the creator, the great I am. And so David, he, he begins to say, okay, God, you carry me. You do this for a while. Not only that, he remembers the power and the strength of God in verse 18. He said, now also when I am old and gray-headed, oh God, forsake me not until I've showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that has come. In verse 22, he says this, he begins to proclaim the, the truth and the holiness of God. He said, I will also praise thee with psaltery, even thy truth, O my God, unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. And here's what I'd like for you to do. If you hadn't wrote anything down this morning, I want you to write this down. And I want you to put it in your Bible somewhere, in the margin of your Bible. And this is so, so elementary. But remember this, when you are done, you're fried, you're wasted, you're expent. Remember this, things may be bad. And things could get a whole lot worse. But God never changes. Cling to that. Things may be bad, things can get worse, but God never changes. Always know that he is in control of your life. And maybe he's allowed these things to happen for a reason, or maybe you've brought these things on about yourself, or maybe life in general has just dictated that to you. Who knows what the disruption, what the, what the, what the cause of that is. And when we get ready to bring this service to a close, here's what I want you to do. Here's the prayer that I'd like for you to remember to pray. Lord, things are so much out of my control right now. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. I'm spent. But God, in this storm, don't let this storm go to waste. Help me to feel your Holy Spirit. Help me to be reminded of your promises. I am a child of God. I am your workmanship.
I have been created in your image. I give this problem to you. And Lord, for this moment, this season, would you just carry me for a while? Would you refresh me for a while? God, would you give me some special peace, peace that passeth all understanding. Lord, I need you today not only to walk with me and talk with me, but I need you to carry me. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.